your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. The human torch was denied for a bank loan. The, the arsonist has ugly shaped feet. <laughs> I do like the human torch was denied a bank loan, man. Probably, it's not helpful at all. As, as, as anything. I would never do drugs, like hard drugs, yeah. at a wedding. I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's not a great place to test shit out. <laughs> no. Like, just, just thinking of, like, how much I've made an ass of myself at other places on drugs, it's just easy for me to say, like, oh, let's ruin someone's <laughs> special day with just existing for a second. Guys, I have an announcement. I'm on drugs. Anyway, you guys look beautiful. <laughs> Enjoy your night. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, uh, let me seg this real quick. There we go. We're riding the Segway. Last summer, I actually smoked weed with him. <laughs> we went camping, and I was just like, hey, you want some of this? He's like, sure. <laughs> I expected a little bit more of, like, a like a fight out of him, because almost everyone there was just like, nah, no, nah, like, I'm good. Like, let me just... Like, yeah, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, I guess. Yeah, like, this is the, this is the time and place. That's um, basically how I did shrooms for the first time. Yeah. It was my the day before my birthday, and one of my friends is like, <laughs> oh, it's your birthday? Hey, we're doing shrooms tomorrow. You want to join us? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> he's like, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's he's do like, it. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, the first time I did shrooms, I was... In an apartment with my roommate, and at the time he was going through some shit, and he's he's the kind of guy who will hold on to like a gown bag full of them and then just pop a couple. Like every day he comes home, he'll just, every day he comes home from work and he's looking to just like unwind, he'll like pull out the bag and walk around like it's a bag of potato chips for like the entire night. And and one day he like pulled them out and he was just like. You ever do shrooms? And I was like, nah, I don't think I'm, like, in the right state to, like, do that. And he's like, okay. He hands me a handful. He just takes a fucking handful out of this giant Ziploc and just puts them down. Good good stuff. Uh, what'd you think of shrooms? I liked it. I like it a lot. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like a... It's like a weed without the downer. Yeah. It just sort of slows down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Color. Good. Colorful. Colorful and more of a body high than a head high. Yeah, so it felt more earthy. Yeah, yeah. I was happier, I think. Do you, you guys eat portobellos or shiitake? <laughs> Both. Okay. That's cool. I don't get high from it. I just get like this. It's a nice umami flavor. Mm-hmm. And like it goes well on pizza. But I don't get the or, same kind of... Or with like some, some udon noodles or something. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yo, remember so... we made those mushroom sliders? Those were really good. Those were good. Yeah. yeah. Basically, just the patties were not, a little mushroom. Not like not shrooms. Not shrooms. Mushrooms like just. <laughs> it's funny you say that because someone, uh, someone else who's been on this podcast, my roommate also was on this podcast at one point. But um, the last time I did shrooms, I had like this ordered two pizzas and had smoked like a whole bunch throughout the entire day. And when the pizza finally arrived, I was already like 
tripping and I was like, I was like, I'm really hungry, but I also still have more shrooms to take. So I just took them and I just put, put them, them on, on top pizza. of the pizza and just ate the fucking like two slices with just like probably like a tenth of mushrooms <laughs> on like yeah. each slice. And my friend's just like snapping me the entire time and I'm just like, don't send this to anyone. <laughs> 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 the judge the judgment I'd receive for like both eating and doing drugs in the same setting. Uh at the same time, like, yeah. uh, man, life. Best pizza I've ever eaten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was okay. And the, like, the, the taste with shrooms is, like, it's not good with anything. So it's yeah. not even good by itself, really. I, I don't mind the taste, but it's very, like, it's just like picking something up outside and putting it in your mouth, you know? Like, uh, it's good in, like, a peanut butter sandwich. I've, see, I've never done that, even though people talk about it all the time. Like, take yeah. an eighth and just put it inside, like, a bread with peanut butter. Like, yeah. oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It probably gets you to, like, digest everything faster. This, on this podcast, we we talk about drugs a lot. So it's, it's nothing new. Yeah. Um, but... I don't do drugs because I'm a good Christian man. Dare. Yeah. Okay. I will, then. If you're daring me, I'll do drugs. <laughs> Dr- drugs are really easy. <laughs> no, so this is Lots of Pasta. Uh, this is the podcast where we not only talk about drugs, but we also talk about the spoopy, the spoopy things. Spoopy times. <laughs> spoopy times. Spoopy times. Um, I think I want to start by introducing our guest. We've never had a guest with you on an episode before. I know. Uh, I'm here with Django Phillips. Django! And... We, uh, we've never had a guest most of the time just because I think, like, we're fine. <laughs> like, yeah. we, I don't we, need any help. We, <laughs> you don't need any help. No. We don't need a third person to really butt in. But, um, if there was ever gonna be a person to let him join in on an episode, it was gonna be you. Yeah. You guys are, like, best friends. You brought him up in a prior podcast. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, in episode... We were, we were talking about traps. In ep- of course. <laughs> in episode 34 and 35, we did uh, we did something where we ran through creepy game instructions. Like okay. Ouija, uh, you know, like Bloody Mary, like mm-hmm. that vein of stuff, but so much more like shitty and like hard and like scary. Okay. Like there was one called Midnight Man where it's like blood ritual, chant something, leave your door open knock 20-something times, like, crazy stuff. Like, like what I do before I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, naturally, <laughs> we're running through these hypotheticals of what would happen if him and I were to do these here in my empty house, uh-huh. and one of them called for more people. So, immediately, <laughs> the, like, first person he thinks of is you, and we had to pick... We had to pick a name for you off the top of our heads, like right then and there. Yeah, and that and, is, uh, and you don't remember. I don't remember it. what the name was. I'm, I'm so excited. We I'm were, so excited. We were pretty high. So, I mean, that okay. was that was back when I was still smoking. True. Uh, it was strawberry shortcake. Oh, oh, yeah. I like it. That's a good. It's name. cute. That's a good. Name. <laughs> That's pretty much like the response I thought. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm here with Django Phillips and Stro. Strawberry shortcake. 
Uh, is does that is that name okay with you? Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. You're okay. Did yeah. you have any names in mind? No, I was told that I had a name and I couldn't hear what it was, so I just great decided to go all in. I'm taking whatever is given to me, and I absolutely am strawberry shortcake. <laughs> so it's, it's good. Fun, it's such a fun name. It's a fun name. It's cute. Yeah. So in this is episode forty-seven. We've come a long way. Yeah. This. Um, Just FYI, when you're listening to this, Donald Trump was still president. Like, how crazy is that? Like, yeah. so many things have changed. You don't know for how much longer, <laughs> right? right? So, there's, time will tell. <laughs> mm. What about that Johnny Depp thing that's been going on? I didn't even hear what he said. I don't even understand the controversy. I think he's a racist. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's like the last thing he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought, like, with the whole... He'll beat his wife and he'll talk about assassinating <laughs> the presidency, but, like... Oh, the last that's what it was. That's right. Yeah. He, he talked about assassinating the president? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he just hates white people. He does hate white people. It was, like, in front of, like, a 5,000-person crowd, though, on a microphone. So probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so... I gave you his episodes to listen to. Have you given a little, a, a little bit of a listen? I listened to a couple of them. Yeah. I think I got so the gist of what the point, here. The Bye. point of his episodes, I, I just wanted him to get a taste. I never forced my podcast on anyone. The taste of your episode is kind of what we've called like a slice of life, almost realism, kind of believable mm-hmm. stories, not so much bullshit. This is after Dogscape, though. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> You're just, really, you're just rubbing your nipple sensually. <laughs> no, let's get back to the podcast. So, realism. So, <laughs> so, yeah, there was, like, realism, and then also there was Dogscape. And then there was Dogscape. Yeah. But there yeah. was, like, the search and rescue and stuff like that. Right. Exactly what I was going to get to. So the search and rescue story is the reason today's episode... Today's episode is going to be called something like Let's Go Camping or something. Yeah. Because almost every story I got deals with the woods camping or... Haunted, spoopy things right. happening in forests. Um, I fucking love camping. I know, like that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like yeah. you love camping. I had a good time with you camping last year. Uh, I think camping is just—it's a fun aspect, and it's something fun that we could bring to this kind of like, fun stuff. conversation. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching a lot of the the Friday the Thirteenth game just came out maybe three weeks ago, and it had a lot of issues, so I haven't been. Keeping track of it for a little while. Can you grab me another cider? Yes. Thanks, dude. I haven't really been keeping track of it because I heard a lot of issues and it and it pushed me away from wanting to get the game. But now that at least the PC side is like up and running, I've been watching a lot of Let's Plays on the PC and it looks like so much fun. I'm really close to getting it. And that's kind of gotten me in this mood mm-hmm. where I'm just mm-hmm. like... Man, creepy things and creepy people in the woods yeah. and just the kind of, like, survivor-esque aspect of it. And that's why I'm, like, I'm really excited about this episode. I handpicked a bunch of stories for us, um, and I think it's going to be a fun time. But I do want to open up to discussion real quick. Has anything creepy ever happened to you guys when you've gone camping? No. The only, the, the creepiest thing, I've only gone camping in my entire life one time. And it was with my college acapella group like two and years ago. Any reason why? Or you're just not a camper? No, I just never had the opportunity to. Like, I, I, I don't know if you know this. I was in a basement. I was chained in a basement until okay. I was like 16. All right. So, I, you know, I got into life like pretty late. Okay. Um, That's like camping. Yeah, it was like camping. True. It you was like camping. If you close your eyes and, and you imagine yeah. 
forest around you. It's yeah, definitely it's like, like basement yeah. desk. There was a bear down there. Yeah. So I mean, I guess there were <laughs> there were similarities. Yeah, there was a lot of hay that I slept <laughs> in. So I, I mean, did I get guess a lot it was of like hay. Sleeping on grass. It was pretty luxurious. The, the scariest thing that happened when I was camping with BCS is one of our alumni got super stoned, and uh, that's was, not scared. Was no, but he was like he would not stop talking about how we're all connected, and that was a little creepy. That's you know, more of an interpersonal thing. Yeah. <laughs> that could have happened with you guys in an that's, apartment and had, not, had nothing to do with the context of the situation. That's very true. We're all connected. Like, it, yeah, no, it, I get in it. A, in a creepy way, though? No. <laughs> no. He just would not stop. And we were all like, we were all like, I'm not going to use his name. We were all like, Dave, yeah, I get it. We're all connected. It's like amazing. And he's like, no, but think about it. Like, really think. Like, he was like the weed stereotype for that moment. And we were like, yeah, great, we get it. Just sees one with the universe he's, and like he's so, he, reads into conspiracies and theories in his like head. And his just, perspective shifted and he saw <laughs> all the world laid bare. There's like a huge paradigm. Like shift. if you really think about it, like the beginning and the end of the universe are probably the same thing. Like what if we're in the middle of the beginning and it's also the it's also the end. <laughs> Fuck, I never actually thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Strawberry Shortcake? Anything weird or crazy? You said you've gone camping a lot and you love camping, I so love there camping. has to be something. I, the only creepy-ish thing that happened one time was years ago. It was uh, me and my dad, I think it was at World's End State Park, which is like up north PA. Great name. It is. I mean, it's, it's a really nice, it's a nice park, but... Uh, it's there was some sort of owl. I forget what kind of owl it was, but the way it like screeched, it sounded like a child screaming, and it was just the fucking weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. So we were like, "Is that like <laughs> someone torturing a child in the woods?" And then, uh, how old were you then? This is maybe like ten years ago. Okay, so I was shit. Yeah, yeah, like a young teenager. Yeah. yeah, I love how I love how someone's getting murdered in the woods. And his dad is like, no, it's an owl. <laughs> but someone's literally dying, like being cut open. He, uh, in in Django's last episode, we read uh, we read a story about a mountain lion call, mm-hmm. and that sounds eerily like a woman screaming bloody murder, pretty much. Yeah, and so that. Yeah, I could definitely <laughs> relate to that. After editing that episode, I was like, I never want to hear that out in the wilderness ever. Yeah. Ever. It was it was terrifying. Um, the creepiest things that ever happened to me in the woods was either just, like, getting lost or not being able to sleep and, like, the Blair Witch-esque hearing something, like, off in the distance, like, getting mm-hmm. closer... And not knowing what it is and being too terrified to either fall asleep or go look at it. I would pretty much just sit there, like, staring up into, like, the sky, just like, well, I hope it's not a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not a bear. I'm not going to go look and I'm not going to tell anyone, but I hope it's not a bear. Just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, life. Yeah. It happens. Or maybe, like, the personally the scariest thing that's happened is like i'd run out of beer on the first night and i'm like shit do i have a drinking problem yeah didn't and then that you happen, gotta like didn't that happen the last time we went camping we ran out of beer 
we ran out of beer in like maybe we had to the go, second day. Yeah, we had to go for a beer run like the second day. We were and, we were, on, and we were only there for like four days. So, <laughs> it, was, so it was like, shit, like we need beer. Yeah. The only story I've heard from that camping trip is how Terry the Tickler had like <laughs> like 11 beers and he was like guys I'm not drunk at all <laughs> everyone was giving him shit for it like, you've yeah. been drinking for 13 hours of course I'm not that drunk yeah. oh my god uh, the, yeah. there's there's one other person that's been dying to do an episode with you but I had to have you come on an episode with him first and that's Harold Heavy Hands yeah. <laughs> who really wants to do an episode with you so now that I've gotten you on this one we need to go do one with him then uh, eventually yeah so now that we got like the personal stories out of the way I don't think there's anything uh, really too creepy that's ever happened to me in the woods it's rained a bunch I'd say more than half of the camping trips I've went on, I've just been rained out, and I've just been miserable, but nothing really creepy happened. I mean, storms are pretty scary, specifically when you're, like, out there in the middle of all the shit. Uh, that could be a little daunting, but ultimately, I've never seen anything crazy or had anything crazy happen to me. Um, bears, but, like, from a distance, yeah. and they stayed away from the campground, so it's, like... Okay. Yeah. Bears aren't, like, inherently terrifying. It's kind of just cool. Just like, hey, yeah. that's cool. Hey, that's, that's a bear. That's, yeah, awesome. that's a bear. Let's walk in the other direction really fast. Yeah. So, I'm going to start with... Uh, can we... Can we one oh, yeah. more thing? Yeah, what's up? This is my idea, right? Yeah, okay. This is what we're talking about. Give it to me. So, eight of us, eight friends, go mm-hmm. into the woods with 16 40-ounce beers. One Uber driver. We'll give him, like, a cigar. Just feel like being there. He has one car. All eight of us get in a circle in the woods in the middle of the night. How do we get out there? Uber. Oh, so we take two Ubers there and one. And one leaves. Yes, leaves we have to yeah. stay there. Yeah. So we're in the in the circle with the nine of us, and we tape up the forty star hands. Mm-hmm. Edward forty hands. The first four people that finish go back with the Uber driver. The last four don't, and that's it. They just get to camp or what? Who fucking knows? They don't have any... No, they don't have anything on them. Oh, they just okay. have, like, the clothes in their back. So so they probably have, like, their phones and stuff in their yes. pockets, but they have, like, these 40s strapped yes. to their hands. Yes. So it's more about... Uh, no, we take their phones. No, that's not right. No, there are no phones. <laughs> that's not right. No, all we have is GoPros. I wouldn't let you. We're strapped. We, all of us have a GoPro, but there's no phones, no wallets, So we just nothing. gotta walk back. You gotta in, figure it out. In what's probably nighttime. It's like Survivor Man. But way scarier. But drunk. And drunk. <laughs> Edward Survivor hands. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. That would take I love it. Yeah, because yeah, you would be the first one that would have But I'd hang around and watch. I'd just <laughs> lurk while everyone... You wouldn't even get in the car. No, you'd just hang three out. Three people would leave in that Uber. I'd be hanging around and watching people from a distance. You going to finish that? <laughs> I'd be in the trees clinking my empty 40s together. Just trying to scare people. Scaring the shit out of us. Oh, that's not fair. I would I would be stuck. <laughs> I, would be, yeah. I would be left behind because I can't drink malt liquor fast. My thing is I would chug probably half of one mm-hmm. and be so disgusted with myself yeah. that I would have to sit for at least a half hour to, to 45 minutes not drinking any of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In order not to regurgitate everything I just <laughs> swallowed. Like, I really can't handle... 
fucking 40s. I've only played uh, Edward 40 Hands once, and um, I lost. And by lost, I mean I found a way to bite the tape off of my hands (laughs) and let the bottles smash on the ground before I ever decided to finish them. Which Um, is what most people do, I think, mm, eventually. 50% of players. Yeah. That's a fun idea, though. Just saying. And then we'd sell it to HBO. Maybe, uh... Or Vimeo. Maybe. Or we could do it naked and sell it to Discovery Channel. <laughs> <laughs> naked, <laughs> naked and afraid and drunk. Naked and afraid. Naked, afraid, and drunk. Adding in that Oxford comma. Um, we, uh, you need to, you need to come camping with us this time. I mean, if I yeah, can, I can. Last time. If I can. Why? Why did I go, why didn't I go last time? Yes. Got my uncle Tom passed away. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's why. Mm. Good podcast material, dicks. But uh, <laughs> well, now we can't do it again. But did you? No, 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 no. no. But there's a but there's a silver lining to everything. Yeah. So your uncle Tom died. Did you inherit his cabin? It's Uncle Tom's cabin. Can we go to commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Um, you didn't inherit your uncle Tom's no, cabin. I didn't inherit. Because then we could just go Tom's camping cabin. there. We could, but it's pretty racist down there. <laughs> That's a problem. All right, all right, all right. Speak for yourself. It's not a problem for me. It's not a problem for any of us, but it's just weird. God damn it. So I'm going to have Django start off with this one. This story is from Unsettling Stories, which are fun. We've read a lot of these on a a bunch of episodes. Uh, Most of the time, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say his name. I refuse to say your name. You know who you are. I'm not doing it. Voldemort. Um, Yes. It Lord was, Voldemort. It was Lord Voldemort with thunder crackle in the background. Um, yeah, this one's called The Big Scary House in the Woods. Just to start us off. Scary. Right. You know, uh, if, if we needed a story to get us straight to the point, then it's The Big Scary House in the Woods. <coughs> it took two days to hike to the spot we'd heard about. A strange house standing alone in the middle of the woods. And if it couldn't possibly sound any more cliche, the rumors were that the former owners of the house haunted it and killed anyone who dared to enter. It's pretty fucking cliche. Nice. From the outside, it looked unremarkable. Had it not been in the middle of a forest with nothing around but trees and rocks, the house would have looked like any other run-down home in a bad area. But the fact remained, it was the only man-made structure for miles. Are, are they sure? Did they check for stairs? No. Well, they Googled it. They Google mapped it. Okay. Why, let alone how, anyone would haul construction materials through the inhospitable wilderness to build a place was beyond my or my boyfriend's understanding. I mean, it's made of wood. It's surrounded by construction. And you also have a vagina. But, but what if I... No, I could be gay. Okay. Being journalists for the high school paper and gay, we came armed with our <laughs> notebooks and tablets. John tried to peer through the windows, but there was nothing to see. The windows were smoked out. It looked like there had been a minor fire inside at some point. What what did you what did you suppose? It's made of wood. <laughs> well, yeah. So they could have cut down all the trees. Like, how they get the construction materials out how, here? It's how they build this log cabin in the middle of the forest? There's no contractors around here for miles. It's a very good <laughs> The front door was locked, but around the back there was a rusted-out hole in the cellar door. It was just wide enough for John to fit through. No way my balls were getting through that hole unless I did way more squashing than I was in the mood to do. What? No, it was okay. John will go through and open the front door boobs, for me. Wasn't it? It was boobs, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Your balls are huge. After a bit of squeezing and cursing, John made his way into the cellar. 
looking at the ragged, rusty metal he just forced himself through, I wondered when he'd last gotten a tetanus booster. With a shudder, I made my way over to the front of the house and waited for him to let me inside. I waited. And waited. After a couple of minutes, I heard John banging on the door from behind to get it to open. It doesn't want to move, he shouted from the other side. Can you find something to break it open? I called back. <laughs> a crowbar or something? The banging stopped as he looked around. More waiting. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a doe and her fawn. I was spellbound. Growing up in the city, this had been my first trip into the woods since I was a little girl. I'd never gotten to see deer in real life. Also, I had a sex change. I carefully moved in the direction of the animals, crouching low so I didn't frighten them, and held out my hand. The ears of the deer perked up and they watched me intently, trying to determine if I was a threat. In my head, I was pleading with them to come over. It's okay, guys, I whispered sweetly. It's okay. I held my breath as the fawn stepped toward me. It was so close, the mother wasn't stopping it as it got nearer and nearer, so close that I could see my reflection in its wide, inquisitive eyes. A massive bang sounded from behind me, making me jump and sending the deer running for their lives. God damn it, John, I yelled, turning around. You scared them a whoop. I stopped talking and froze. The door had flown off his hinges into the front steps. In the doorway stood a thick, bulbous, corpse-like man. He was swollen and burned, almost like he'd been soaked in gasoline for months and then set on fire. And in his hand, he held the severed head of John, whose eyes stared straight ahead with confused shock. I screamed and began to run. Stay away from our home, came a voice so loud and powerful it caused me to stumble and fall. I righted myself and looked over my shoulders, tears streaming down my eyes. There was another thing now, a woman standing shoulder to shoulder with John's murderer. Her mouth opened and she bellowed, and don't fucking come back! She lumbered down the steps and picked up the door. She carried it back up, and before she set it back in the remains of its frame, the husband took John's head and threw it in my direction. I heard it hit the ground behind me as I ran, but I never saw his face again. Never, except in my nightmares. Nice. That went from zero to a hundred real fucking quick. Yeah, dude. There were literally one paragraph there were deer, and the next paragraph there was a guy holding John's head. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> I like it. Fucking this, trespassers, man. <laughs> yeah, you would have done the same thing. That's the scariest someone, part. You're like, you're a house owner. You would have done that if someone was in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Cut off a head, throw it at the other one. No questions <laughs> asked. Yeah. The couple was probably fine. They were just probably like a little bit overweight, and they were like ugly. But she, yeah. <laughs> but the girls... Blooded corpse people. <laughs> <the blooded> corpse <laughs> people. <laughs> so uh, rude. I like that, that kind of... Um, that was very reminiscent of the gameplay for Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, cut someone's head off and yeah. throw it at someone. You're like... looking at you one second, and the next second, he fucking teleports behind you, and he rips your head off. He punches your head off, and then he holds it. <laughs> and you have a sex change. And I, I did have a sex change as part of that story. Not, I don't, I haven't had a sex change. Alright, I'm gonna read the next story. In the story. story. <laughs> so, the game, would, you as a reader, would you rather be a woman or rather be gay because i'm not quite sure what you were trying to like put across there i was definitely i wanted to take that story in a different direction i feel like the protagonist was a woman you know that's that's one thing but i really that story spoke to me um and i kind of you know as soon as i read it i said wow i identify with this character so much because he is a homosexual yeah and um and i just i decided that that was where the art needed to go he immediately saw the word boobs and, and thought it would have been better if it was balls <laughs> this is what he just he just said that in a very long and languid form i'm gonna read the next one it's called 
I found something in the camp lake 20 years ago. Was it a snake? <laughs> Might have been a snake. Who knows? I was at, uh, I was at this like summer camp, and they found like a snake in the lake. And one of the counselors just threw a big-ass fucking rock on it. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, kids, back in the lake. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> a very similar story. I went, um, I went to a sleepaway camp when I was probably 10 or 11. And I had a, um, I had a camp counselor who was always high, because naturally. Mm. And um, he's off smoking a blunt in the woods, and we're swimming in a watering hole. Two of us come out of the hole... And we're, like, picking up our stuff that was left down on rocks. And there's a fucking giant-ass spider right there. Had to have been, like, big, hairy motherfucker. Uh-huh. My camp counselor comes, like, bumbling over. And he's just like, huh, I think that's a wolf spider. And he's, like, <laughs> laughing as it's, like, getting closer to us. <laughs> so he picks up a giant fucking rock and <laughs> just smashes it. And this dude, like... My, my camp counselor, his name was Hugh, and he had to have been six foot three. <laughs> he looked like fucking Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Um, yeah, just smashed the shit out of that. Hugh Janus? Hugh Janus. I know. Oh, we saw a snake a couple weeks ago. We were hiking <laughs> in the Delaware Water Gap. And it was, I don't know if you have... Bunch of baby ducks. Bunch of baby ducks. Bunch of baby and ducks. I, okay, but it was me, bunch of baby ducks, and two other guys. Uh-huh. And we're just hiking down this trail... And Bunch of Baby Ducks goes past first, and I'm passing right behind him. And there's this, like, three-foot-long snake, like, right next to us on the trail. I'm just like, holy shit, snake! And I jump out of the way, and the other two are behind us. And some, like, 12-year-old kid comes out of nowhere. He's like, cool! Look at what I found! And he he just fucking picks it up. (laughs) No, 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 no. You don't fucking touch that! And we just, like, run away, and we're like... That kid probably died. <laughs> we, just, snake we just probably stopped him. him. Like, we just let him go. That kid's at home with the snake right now, thinking, what a pussy you guys are. Yeah. Like, um, don't they know snakes? Harmless. <laughs> As it devours his arm. I found something in a camp lake 20 years ago from Creepypasta. It's been 20 years since I worked as a counselor at Camp Valleyway. 20 years that I've tried to forget what I've seen, lying to myself and others about what I know happened. And for many of those years, I succeeded in fooling myself, pushing the dark thoughts into a hidden place in my mind. But after reading the newspaper today, I can lie no longer. Let me begin my story. Already has. (laughs) I started work when I was 15, spending my summers away at Camp Valleyway. The camp was nestled in the foothills of the Appalachians, cupped in a valley between two mountains with a natural lake at the center, its waters stained murky with southern clay. I worked as a swim instructor, and each week a new set of campers traveled from across the state to experience the outdoors. I still remember the exact day it happened, Tuesday, fifth week of camp, the hottest day of the summer and just before the 4th of July. The week known as Rich Week to the counselors, since many of the wealthier parents took off for the holiday and left the children behind. It came right after Orphan Week, which was when the which is when the Clarkstown or- Orphanage, largest in the state, traveled to camp free of charge because the camp was government owned. 
bring your orphan to camp today. <laughs> it's orphan week, everybody. They called it orphan week, I'm sure, to their faces. <laughs> they were like, welcome to orphan week, Gave them all buttons, and it, it doesn't say their names, just, it's just orphan. orphan. <laughs> It's like Shark Week. They got like cages for them and everything. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, yearly, the the local residents came by at the end of the week, and children were often adopted. Just last week, a girl in my class had found a new home with some farmers a few miles out, and I remember seeing Ellie wave from the cab of a pickup truck as she started her new life in the country. As swim instructor, in my off time, I helped the sail instructors patch sails under the water sports canopy. Logan, the head of water sports and about five years older than me, sat across from the picnic tables, his small eyes looking over the lake. Logan kept his hair in a tight buzz cut, revealing a scar on the back of his head, and when he spoke, and when he spoke it was in a deep drawl. Mike, watch what you're doing, he growled, noticing I had skipped a stitch. I only got two eyes, and there's too much going on for me to watch everyone today. Got it! I said and put my head down. Logan kept a tight watch on his crew, but now his focus was on the lake. Ed and Ted, two twin counselors with one brain between them, were teaching a beginner's swimming course. Ed and Ted always made Logan uneasy, and had earned a spot of first and second on his mental list of instructors who were most likely to screw up next. So when Ed, the smarter of the two, came sprinting up from the lakeside so fast his long legs spewed a dirt exhaust behind him, Logan was ready. Ed opened his mouth, words wheezing in between each intake breath, and his wet hair plastered over one eye. We're missing one. One camper. Can't find him in the water. Friends don't know where he is. Without hesitation, Logan's whistle shrieked through the campground, startling campers and counselors alike. Out of the water! Out of the water, all lifeguards to the dock! He shouted, his deep chest working like a bellow, as adrenaline shot through me and we ran to the water. As a lifeguard, it was our responsibility to search for the body, and fifteen of us lined up in one end of the swimming section. At Logan's call, we dove, myself in the deep end, at fourteen feet, and spread out across the bottom. The water filtered sunlight and heat, so the bottom was cold and dark, with underwater plants that gripped against my calves and pulled me back as I swam. After three strokes, I returned to the surface, and Logan sent us back down again in search, hoping to find a still, warm form. I was the one who found the body. Its hands brushed against my face, a pale palm that was all too white. I saw the face next, too dark to recognize, but a girl with long hair that fanned around her like she was under static electricity. I grasped, involuntarily drawing in water to my lungs, gripping her torso, and began swimming to the surface. She felt swollen, her arms too big, and her temperature cold I will not forget. Halfway to the surface, I felt her leg catch on something, and she was pulled back down out of my grip. I turned, watching her open eyes on mine as she descended, but my lungs screamed and I knew I needed air, or I would join her down below for much longer than intended. I found her! I shouted, breaking the surface. Quick! and I dove back down, my hands sweeping through the muddy bottom. Muddy bottom. But I found nothing but muck and empty water, even as the other lifeguards joined five minutes later and Logan's whistle rang out, calling us to the dock. The camper has been found, he announced, in a restroom by his site. 
Ed and Ted must have let him slip past, and both of them would spend this night scrubbing the dock with their own toothbrushes. He paused, and I felt the other lifeguard's gaze fall on me. You're all free to go, except for Mac. I want a word. The others trudged away, looking back at us over the shoulder. Logan focused on me, spittle meshing with his words as he hissed. I don't know what the hell that was about, Mike, but you could have caused us a laugh with your false call back there, and next time you try something like this, I'll take yours. But I saw something, I insisted. I don't believe in ghosts, Mike, and we scoured that water. Get out of my sight, you're off waterfront. He left, and word spread around camp about what had happened. I could tell many of them detested me, and no one believed what had happened, so I quit the next week, pushed the thought from my mind, though it still found my dreams. That was 20 years ago. And today I hold the newspaper at the top article column back memories. Murders at Camp Valleyway. Nineteen skeletons have been discovered in the lake of Camp Valleyway, several aged at over 30 years since time of death and none younger than 10. Due to renovations, the lake was drained, revealing a collection of bones at the deepest region. Several femurs were found attached to anchors with rope, and after much investigation, the state police discovered the source of the bodies. Ten years ago, before Clarkstown Orphanage was shut down for embezzling state funds, each summer their orphans spent a week at the camp. Nineteen were thought to be adopted by locals in nearby proximity to the camp, but after reviewing records, police have discovered these adoptions were never documented. All nineteen were drowned and disposed of in the lake at an area too deep for the campers to normally enter, except for one that drifted near the swimming area due to an insecure rope. It is believed that the orphanage collected funds appropriated for these children long after their death. Please encourage anyone with information on the matter to step forward. Just killing orphans. <laughs> killing fucking orphans. What do you want to do? Just drown. <laughs> so what about the one that was waving from the back? I was going to ask that. What about Ellie? I mean, they probably, like, take him on the truck, then knock him out and dump him in the lake at the end. That's so much work. God damn. Right? I mean, you can't do it, like, while everyone else is swimming at the lake. They'd see. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. You gotta make... Yeah. You gotta make the rest of the kids think, <laughs> oh, she's been adopted, that's why we've never seen her again. Right. Like, that makes sense to the other kids that... Because no one that has parents is gonna hang out with an orphan. No, so especially they, the button on her shirt yeah. that says orphan. So once once they get adopted, they ditch the button, they ditch all those loser kids, right? and they hang out with the other kids' with parents. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. This is a good plan, too. <laughs> I, I thought that one was better than the first one. I like yeah. that. Uh, that was, well, that was a creepypasta, so they were from different sources. Yeah. I'm going to let uh, Strawberry Shortcake create this next one. Any, but this one is going to be a bit of an <laughs> bit of an experiment. Uh-oh. It's in French. So do you speak French? Do you speak fluent French? Oui. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oui, oui, magnifique. Okay, you lost me. <laughs> no, it's just what I say whenever someone says, hey, are you French? It's called, I watched a video clip of a camping trip my friends and I never actually went on from Reddit No Sleep. I love those hooky titles. I love those kind of titles. You know? Well, Reddit No Sleep is like... Like, I've need, already got We need to get people to click yeah, on Yeah, I know, and I love that. Yeah, it's so like, they'll make it like three sentences long. They'll yeah. max out characters yeah. just trying to do it. I watched a video clip of a camping trip with my friends. Oh, shit, sorry. I will, <laughs> I'm great at reading and this, words and stuff. This whole thing is the title. I'm off to a great <laughs> start. This is still the title. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I watched a video clip of a camping trip my friends and I never actually went on. From Reddit No Sleep. For the past two years, we've gone on a camping trip together, me and my group of friends. Sean, Lynn and her sister Lily, Key, Sal, Monica, and Gabe. Monica's family is really wealthy, and they own a lot of land out in bumfuck Michigan, so we've wrapped up our past two summer vacations out there in the woods. We pitch a few tents in what's basically the backyard of Monica's grandmother's huge Victorian-style house and pretend we're roughing it, when in actuality we just sleep out there for the five hours of the night that we don't spend drinking or playing video games inside. Cooking out over the bonfire and climbing trees is fun, but it's always only been a very small part of the trip. None of us talked about it or admitted it out loud, not even Monica. We were all a little afraid to be out there for too long. We had no concrete reason to be, but we were. No matter how many times the Pines family assured us that the property was safe, I'd never seen or heard anything out of the ordinary out there. Maybe it was just because I've seen enough horror movies to develop a fear of the woods in general, but I don't know. Something about the air in the intimidatingly vast property just made me feel really vulnerable. I got told just days before we were supposed to leave that I wouldn't be able to take the time off for the trip. One of my fellow supervisors at work had to go in for emergency surgery on his knee. No, he has surgery on his knee. But it was a doctor. <laughs> and my store just didn't have the coverage. Okay, I work at a store. I was really bummed, but my friends didn't hold it against me. We all know being an adult sucks sometimes. I told them they could still use my cooler and my tents and my camcorder, and that they should video blog the trip for me. I hugged them all goodbye the morning they left, and I went off to my shift. I told Sal to call me once they got there, because I knew he'd be the only one who'd remember to check in. So, just to quickly get in there, I didn't want to say his name this entire episode, but I fucking have to now. Disco Dracula. In his very first episode, episode 3, we read a story where Sal seems the nicest guy ever, and then Sal turns out to be the bad guy of the story, so ever since then we've said don't trust Sal. Don't trust Sal. So the minute you said Sal, I've just been like, he's gonna listen to this episode oh, and just fuck. He's just gonna be like, Sal! Sal's gonna fuck Don't Sal. trust Sal. Sal never called. None of them did. Fucking Sal. Fuck Sal. I left work at 10pm and tried to text and call all of them, but not one of them got back to me. I checked Twitter, Facebook, nothing from anybody. No updates since Gabe's hitting the road status from earlier that morning. Felt like throwing up. Something felt really wrong. Key's mother called me as soon as I started to panic, and she sounded really rattled, too. He hadn't talked to her all day, and he's really good at uh, touching base with her when he takes trips. I later learned that that whole night, my friend's parents were all trying to get in touch with each other. None of them heard from their kids since they first got on the road. Monica's mom called the landline to the house several times. Grandma Pines is out, out of town this year, but Monica should have answered if they were there. She didn't. Sean's father drove up to the Pines property the next morning with Monica's parents. He told me something felt off as soon as he stepped out of his car. When you pull up to the house, there's no fence or anything, so you can see if anything's set up in the area surrounding it. He would have been able to see if everyone had set up their tents and gear as soon as he got up to the path. There was nothing. He said all the house's windows were open and all the lights were on. Within a half hour, they called the police. I was asked to come in, watch the videos, and answer any questions I could. I transcribed what I watched as best as I could. Clip 1, 1045, September 16th, 2016. Gabe has the camera pointed at the rearview mirror. How the fuck do you know when it's recording? The green button is on, dipshit. Clip 2, 115, 
September 16th. Gabe is filming the back of Lynn's car just ahead of him. He's talking to Sean and Monica, but I can't tell what they're saying, even with the audio adjusted. It's raining really hard, and I see flashes of lightning. Clip 3, 8-16, September 16th. A close-up of Monica. She's smoking and swinging in the rocking chair out on the back porch. She looks tipsy. She notices she's being filmed and winks at the camera. I think Sean laughs. Clip 4, 10-16, September 17th. I swallow hard when I see the timestamp. It doesn't make any sense. Saturday morning, Sean's father was already calling to the police by then. I want to ask the cop what's going on, but he tells me to please just keep watching quietly. Lily is flipping pancakes. She scrunches up her nose at the camera and Gabe chuckles. <laughs> you don't look so good, though. Didn't sleep? How could I? All those fucking screams last night? The hell? You didn't hear that shit? Lynn and I were freaked the fuck out. What the fuck? We didn't hear anything. Yeah, fucking sounded like cats in the heat, but wrong. Like it wasn't natural. We were out in the tents all night, and we didn't hear shit. Lucky you. We came in the house at like four and it was still going. I don't know when it stopped, but I guess I fell asleep at some point. Did the girls say anything? They're not up yet, I don't know. Here, can you pass me that? Clip 5, 11-14, September 17th. A wide shot of the backyard. I can hear glasses clinking and a couple of my friends taking drags of cigarettes. I see a figure standing far off by the edge of the woods, but whoever's filming it doesn't seem to notice it. Then I hear Gabe's voice, followed by Sean's, then Key's. They're talking about the hot tub needing repairs because the bubble jets don't work, and the figure moves and Gabe sees it. Whoa, 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 what the fuck? What? Dude, holy fuck, what the- who is the- who the fuck is- Gabe. Yo, what the fuck, man? Did you see? Did you fucking see- the figure's contorting in the distance, and I cover my mouth with my hand. It's shaped like a person, but it starts doing this odd twitching movement with its arms. They look almost like they're stretching out really long and then shrinking again. The legs are bending like a flamingo's. The boys behind the camera are yelling and freaking out. The shot cuts to the figure launching itself upward into the trees. Clip 6. The timestamps are turned off. It's nighttime, a shaky shot of the deck out back. The porch light is on and Lily and Key have their backs to the camera. They're crouched down, sitting off the steps, and Lily is sobbing. Key looks behind his shoulder and mouths, turn it off, but the camera's still recording. Key pecks the top of her head and rubs her back, but she barely moves. Are you sure you saw? His voice is too quiet for me to hear everything he says. I'm pretty sure Gabe is the one filming again. I don't see Monica in the shot, but I hear her voice, and then Sean's. What happened? You didn't hear that shit? What the fuck do you mean? There's some shit in this fucking house, man. Guys, guys. I looked in every single room. There's nothing Freaking in here. Freaking the fuck out, man. I'm tired of this shit. Well, what the fuck do you want me to do, Sean? Clip 7. Monica's a bitch. <laughs> Clip 7. A shot of something. Somebody? Caught very high in a tree. Whoever's filming is panting and coughing like they started crying, and it sounds like it could either be Gabe or Sal. The shot is focused on whatever's stuck up there, and something breaks off the tree and falls. It makes no noise when it lands, and that's where the shot cuts. Clip 8. It's a shot of Monica's room, or what used to be her room when she was a little kid. I've only been in that room a couple times. It's full of old childhood shit, so there's nothing really for us to see or do in there. The window's open and a little breeze ripples through the curtain. There's a crash like glass shattering from what sounds like downstairs, and I nearly jump out of my seat, shielding my eyes, but the cop touches my arm, tells me there's nothing scary in the shot. 
still just the room, pink and purple with sunshine coming through. Clip ends with another loud crash, and I swear I see a flicker of someone's face, wide-eyed and gaunt, peeking into the corner of the window, just for a second. I gasp out loud and whip around to look at the cop, and he gives me this nod to keep watching. The last clip they show me is a still, blurred shot of the living room. The camera's facing the window overlooking the backyard, and I can see the lit campfire. The TV isn't in the shot, but I can hear the music to the menu screen of one of the Mario Kart games. The shot is shifting in and out of focus, and I can tell nobody is recording. The camera's just been left on. It's about a minute and a half of just this, then suddenly the power in the house goes out with a crack, and I shake in my seat. There's a strange howling noise from the outside, but it's not a coyote, not an animal. It sounds like two or three people mocking wolves, but warped. Something hits the window with a hard thud and I wince. There's blood spattered across it, and through the smears I can see somebody with oddly shaped limbs standing by the fire. They don't move. They just stand there with their head bent down, fixated completely on the flames, while the howling keeps going. I start to notice something. The howling sounds exactly the same every time, like it's a six second sound clip playing on a loop. As soon as this clicks in my mind, it stops completely, and I'm so thrown off that I almost don't see the figure disappear. It doesn't leave the shot, I don't see it move, it just vanishes. The fire goes out, and the lights turn on in the house again. The menu music from Mario Kart is playing again, and I can hear my friends laughing, the clink of beer bottles. The shot goes blurred and then shuts off. That's all the footage they showed me. I was asked where I was during all this, why I didn't go on the trip, where my friends had some of my belongings, especially the camera, and I told them the truth. I told them about the previous two years, how nothing strange had ever happened on the Pines property before. In turn, I asked them what happened to my friends. They told me seven bodies were found on the property none of them belonging to any of my friends. Their parents were asked to identify the bodies and remains and none of them matched. My friends are just missing. I knew the cops weren't going to tell me, so I asked Sean's father about the seven dead strangers. Were they people the Pines knew? He didn't know. He just told me how he found them. Six of them, in a clearing in the woods, laying in a circle surrounding a tree with their guts strung together, holding hands like in a prayer. The seventh body was perched up at the top of the tree, impaled through the head on the highest branch. I liked that. Crazy. That was neat. That was crazy. I liked that a lot. So when you said this is the Chupacabra, uh, I had to. I have to give a shout out to another episode where we read something with a similar kind of monster. Um, not very cult-like though, which is leading me to believe it's something else. But um, in Creepypasta and Reddit No Sleep lore, there's something called the Goat Man. Okay. Um, in episode 28. Uh, my friend Gestalt and I read a story about the goat man and it's very similar about some uh, some type of being that imitates people fucking with kids in the woods. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's the goat man doing his regular shtick. But uh, who knows? The howling they described? I don't know, man. I don't know. If it was the same howl like a recording every time. There's also, like, the weird thing about, and I like that detail, the weird thing about, like, the timestamps not matching up. Like, yeah. he was almost watching clips that happened in the future, or, like, in the present. Yeah, like, they like first started happening through the first day, and the, immediately it jumped to, like, the next night. Right. But which, it was, like, the same Which, time. he was he was viewing it the morning after. Yeah. So it was all fucked up, yeah. That's cool. Very And then the timestamps just sort of stopped. Yeah. Yeah, the the dimension shifting and the fact that uh, the bodies they found were not the friends that were supposed to be there. Like, that's some... That's some spooky... That's spooky. That's some spooky Twilight Zone shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to switch gears. 
Uh, we're going to get into what we usually get into. Uh, we're going to do a single round of some search and rescue stories <laughs> that we usually do on the end of uh, Django Phillips' episodes. And sorry, Shortcake, you may not be caught up on these, but it's a it's the only thing in my show that has a continuing narrative over several episodes. Okay. Um, this is your 10th episode, by the way. Ah! This is your 10th. How do you feel? You should have had a fucking cupcake or something. <laughs> How do you feel? It's great. I feel great. <laughs> um, so this is our 10th episode reading Search and Rescue Stories. Well, no, there are a couple. We we skipped on Dogscape and we skipped on Slender Man. So this is your 10th episode, but it's probably the 7th we've read Search and yeah. Rescue Stories on. Yeah, so Search and Rescue Stories is like a guy working for SAR that like yeah. does an online log about the weird shit that he either hears about or sees in the woods. We're in a spinoff called Ranger PB, so it's like he's interviewing another ranger now. Um, he's already done telling all the weird stories that happened to him, now he's talking to the rest of his team. Um, so this is Ranger PB continued. Peterborough. A firefighter who was helping us at the training op told me about a call he'd gone on, supposedly to help rescue a kid from an absolutely massive tree. He said they didn't give him details, just they needed him to come out and help because they lacked the proper equipment. He'd been called out specifically because this thing was so huge that the search and rescuers didn't feel safe trying to climb it. He'd been a tree trimmer before joining the volunteer fire department, so it was easy enough for him to grab his old equipment and come out. He was let out about two miles, and the team stopped at one of the biggest trees in the area and pointed it up. I laughed and asked the op captain how the kid had gotten up there. We made some joke about the old cat in a tree thing, but the captain just shook his head and told him to get up there and get the kid down. He said he knew something was up, but he didn't push it. He said that as he climbed this tree, he started wondering if they were playing a prank on him. There was no way this kid should have been able to climb this fucking thing. I mean, it was massive at the base, but about halfway up, it started tapering, and I almost had to turn back a few times because I didn't really think it was going to hold me. But he said he kept going, and when he was just about the top, he saw a flash of blue in the branches. I saw the kid's shirt sort of cotton branch, and I called out to him and told him to come near me if he could, but he didn't say anything. I kept moving, calling the kid's name, telling him not to be scared, I was there to help him. By the time I got to him, I knew he wasn't going to answer me. I found him, or what was left of him, cradled in the fork of a branch, and the fact that he was up there was sheer luck. If he'd fallen any other way, he would have come crashing down. It wouldn't have mattered, though, because this kid was dead long before he ended up in that tree. I don't know who put him there, or how, or why but it was fucking sick. His intestines had popped out of his mouth and were hanging in the branches. It was fucking sick, bro. <laughs> it, was it was fucking, fucking radically, so bro. Nara. It was gnarly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to say it, but... Continue. <laughs> it was like some sick fucking Christmas tree where they, they were draped all over everything. I got a better look and saw that it even popped out of his ass. His guts were hanging out the bottom of his pants. Jesus Christ. His eyes were gone. I assume shoved out from whatever force caused him to fucking pop like a stress ball. You ever seen a body that's been floating in water a long time? How their tongues kind of swell up and stick out? No. His was like that. <laughs> his was like that. <laughs> you know those bodies you see. <laughs> you know those bodies you see from time to time? Yeah. Like in your pool? I remember because there were flies crawling all over. I think I must have gotten in shock because... And I just pushed that kid down with a stick. I broke off a branch. I just kind of poked him until he fell. I don't know why I did that. I almost lost my job because of that. But man, the thought of hauling that kid down over my shoulder the whole way, gathering his guts up and coiling him around me like rope so they wouldn't get snagged, I couldn't do it. 
I've seen a lot of dead kids. More than I'd ever admit. I've seen a kid who hid in a full bathtub during house fire. Boiled him alive. It turned into literal soup. But this, I don't know what did this, but the thought of touching that kid's body made me feel like I was going to lose my mind. I heard him hit the ground and I figured everyone would freak out, but they knew he was dead when they set me up here. They didn't say anything, but they didn't shout or freak out or anything. I got to the bottom and I started to get up in the captain's face, asking him who he thought he was sending me up there when the new damn well kid was dead. But he just told me it was none of my concern, and he thanked me for getting the evidence down. I remember he said that, I remember it specifically because it was so weird to hear it phrased that way. The evidence. Like he wasn't even a person. Like he'd never been a little kid who got lost and had something fucking unspeakable happen to him. The captain had a crew lead me back out to the woods, but he and the two others stayed behind and I thought that was weird. Uh, why wouldn't they have me help get the kid out? I tried asking, but the guys leading me out just told me they couldn't discuss an open case. I asked him what he thought had happened to the kid and he got really pensive and thought about it for a bit. I would have said a crush injury, based on how his guts came out like that, but with those injuries you see massive contusions under the skin. Obvious trauma. And this wasn't like that. It was almost like the kid got caught in a big vacuum and had his guts sucked out. But even then, there was no trauma. None at all. It bothers me, man. It bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, uh, Ranger PB is a woman. Oh. So, uh... Or a gay man. We don't know. Could be... We could get her balls through that doorway. Go either way. In your last episode, we already... Could go either way. (laughs) We already... Open question. (laughs) Still don't know. It's still 50-50. Who is PB? Okay. On the next episode of Lots of Pasta. <laughs> On the prior episode of Lots of Pasta. Um, PB's name is Pat. Benatar. Pat Buchanan. Pat <laughs> <laughs> Buchanan here. Um, yeah, could be uh, Buchanan or Benatar. It really could be a gay man or a woman. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We just don't know yet. So maybe one of these days we'll find out, but we just don't know. Literally, we just—it's hard. It's hard to tell. We don't know. It's I a mystery. It's like, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Yeah. Episode thirty-one. Yeah, it could go either way. Still, <laughs> we'll find out though. Stay tuned. And lots of pasta. Oh my god! Next story, <laughs> Ranger PB. One of the vets at the training op reads "No Sleep," and he recognized my stories. He knows me pretty well, and we've swapped stories before. He asked if he could share something he's noticed about the stairs and some thoughts he had. Fucking stairs! So this is not PB, this is a new person. Guy named Stairs. Yeah, I'm glad that we we get more of the stairs. Stairs stairs. are fun, just finding stairs in the middle of the woods. That happens. I go camping a lot, I see stairs. There's stairs everywhere. Yeah. You've seen first hand. Stairs happen. Stairs Stairs happen. It's a bumper sticker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad you decided to share these. I think it's important that people be aware of what's out there, especially since the Forest Service is doing such a good job of covering it all up. I asked him what he meant. What do you mean, what do I mean? The lack of any kind of media attention, no coverage of missing kids or bodies found miles from where they got lost in the first place? You can't tell if this is continued dialogue. Just do it. <laughs> that was the conversation that was happening in my head. Do I continue reading this like, like a fucked up Ian McKellen? He's, he's talking to the oldest black man still alive on the picture. David Paul Leach hit it right on the head. The FS is doing everything they can to keep people coming here, even if it isn't safe. I mean, to be fair, 
it's not like these things happen every day. But the numbers add up and it's worth looking into. Especially the stairs. I was surprised you didn't mention the flipped ones. I didn't know what he was talking about. I couldn't remember him ever talking about that. He seemed somewhat incredulous. Dude, I can't believe you've been on this long without seeing them. No one told you about them. So it's obviously like a young person, but now I'm just going to... You're too invested in this point. Dude, dude, dude. Dude. Come on, boy. Joseph. Joseph, you've got to believe me about these stairs. YOLO. You see these stairs are sick. Sick, nasty stairs, bro. I can't believe you've been on this long without seeing them. No one ever told you about them? I shrugged and asked him to elaborate. Well, there's the normal stairs. The ones that pop up when we're out of ways. I know you know about them, but sometimes I've run across ones that are flipped upside down. I guess it would be like if you had a dollhouse and the stairs were a separate piece. Now take that, flip it upside down so the top step is stuck in the dirt and put it out in the woods. They're like that. I don't see them as often, but they're odd, to say the least. Makes me think of footage taken after a tornado, when houses are all blown apart and random things are left standing like chimneys and garden walls. Those ones freak me out more than the normal ones, because I can't really write those off as easily. I don't scare very easily, like most of us who work here. But that idea stuck with me, and it bothers me. I'm going to try and find out more about them. He mentioned how many people were bothered by the guy with no face. He got really excited and told me he'd seen something similar. I was out on a training exercise a few years ago. I was camped out in my tent, and I heard someone walking around outside of my camp. We're told not to wander far, which you know, so I wondered... If maybe it was a rookie who'd gotten up to pee and couldn't find his way back. Remember that guy in our group a few years back who almost fell off the damn mountain? Well, I'm paranoid about that happening again, so I got up to see what was going on. I went to the edge of camp and I called to whoever it was and told them that the camp was this way. But they kept going back out into the woods, so I went after them. I know it was stupid, but I was half asleep and I just really didn't want to deal with some idiot getting hurt. I followed this thing on a dead straight course for about a mile and then it stopped on the edge of a little river. I could see the outline of it because the guy was reflecting the moon and it looked like an ordinary guy. He had a pack on and it looked like he was facing me. I asked if he was okay if he needed help and he cocked his head like he didn't understand me. I always have my pocket knife on me and it's got a little thumb light attached to it so I turned that on and lit up his chest so I wouldn't blind him. He was breathing slow and deep, so I wondered if he was sleepwalking. I went closer and asked him if he was okay. I moved the light up and something didn't seem right, so I stopped. He kept breathing in this real slow, deep breath, and I sort of figured out gradually that that's what was bothering me. It was like he was pretending to breathe, not actually doing it. His breath were too even and deep, and all his movements were exaggerated, like his shoulders going up and his chest moving. I told him to identify himself, and he made this muffled noise. I 
move the light up, and I shit you not, this guy had no face. No smooth skin. I freaked out, and I sort of fumbled my light, but I saw him move toward me. But he didn't actually move. I don't know how to explain it, but one second he was at the edge of the river, and the next he was... <laughs> Next he was five feet from me. <clears throat> Excuse me, child. <laughs> I never looked away or blinked. It was like he moved so fast my brain couldn't keep up. I tripped and fell on my ass and I could see this line open up on his throat. It stretched to his ears and his head tilted back and he smiled at me with his throat. There wasn't any blood, just this gaping dark hole and I swear he smiled at me with this gash in his throat. I got up and I ran as fast as I could back to the camp. I couldn't hear him following me, but I felt like he was always right behind me, even though when I looked back I couldn't see him. I calmed it down when I got back to camp. The fire was still going, and I guess the pack mentality of being with other people made me stop and breathe a little. I waited by the fire to see if he'd follow me there, but I didn't hear anything else for a few hours, so I went back to bed. I know it sounds weird, but the whole thing was just so surreal that it was almost like I immediately wrote it off as my imagination. Hmm. Strangers are too fucking casual. There's like flip stairs in the middle of the woods, and there's people with no faces that are pulling their necks out. And they're like, well, I went back to camp and I had a few beers. And I just decided, you know what, Randy? It's been a long day. Let's just put it to bed. Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking I think I think what he's implying is that they've been so ingrained in this work and they've been taught and they've witnessed so much that they're paid to act like this shit doesn't happen. Yeah. Because they just brought up two stories off of like our first episode of doing this. Right. I think in episode four we first covered the guy with no face, which we joked was Slender Man going out on a hiking trip. Yeah. And then now, now it's just Slenderman trying to find somewhere to sleep. And the stairs thing is just a kind of weird role reversal. I don't know what point they're getting at with them being... I guess they're just saying that they come in many shapes, sizes, and right. forms. So these stairs... Yeah. I hear it's just a regular thing that happens like in these stories. There's fucking there's stairs. There's staircase. There. But I wasn't picturing something that could be flipped up. Like It's just like a solid concrete staircase. Like going upwards. Evidently, what you're supposed to what you're supposed to imagine is actually like house stairs made of wood, made hollow of wood. in the center. Okay. That have been fully painted, fully banistered, everything as if someone cut these stairs out of my wall and just, just dropped, dropped them like a Sims yeah. game and just dropped them, fully furnished carpet, wood, whatever, in the middle of the woods. Okay. Yeah, I was. Well, there were three sorts of things I was picturing when I heard just, you find stairs in the woods. Yeah. There was, uh, none of them were that. Exactly. <laughs> one of them was just like a solid piece of concrete, like a... Because those exist. Yeah. 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 Like a staircase-shaped thing. <laughs> or stairs going down into like a cave or something. Oh, uh, okay. Like oh. someone had, there's a hole in the ground where monsters live and there were stairs going down. Ah, gotcha. Not stairs going up to nothing, mm. but stairs going down to something. Or stairs like you'd see on a trail going up like the side of a waterfall where there's just stones that were yeah, 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 put yeah. there to get up a steep slope. 
it's not like a staircase stage. No, it's like a staircase. The most surreal point about it is that it is, is that it none of those natural there. things. Yeah. It is yeah. very much like, like even in your first episode, we're just like, we could go two miles down near past the creek, and there are dilapidated buildings right there with stairs. Like, yeah, it's not hard to imagine that like a structure just got bowled over. Yeah, but, but the stairs are. The stairs point of this story stuff. is that this is like Michigan State Park. This is like. 300 miles of nothingness yeah. no one ever built houses out there but it's like and yet there furnished. is a yeah. furnished finished staircase leading nowhere and then like so fucking common these fucking rangers have a goddamn like like chart put up in the in the camp room and they're like yo if you see stairs no they don't have a chart it's just taught they they just they have the older vets tell the newbies not to go near them touch them Think about them or feed them at midnight. For sure. Stairs usually means there's something bad gonna happen nearby, right? Because that's why the. That's what I'm tending. That's what I'm. uh, They're sort of like portals that these things come descend through. So in. Haunt us. Yeah. In episode 44, his last one, it was almost an entire long story of just like weird shit happening to stairs and like explaining Uh them a little bit. But it seems more so that whenever anyone touches them, there's like a Twilight Zone effect that something, yeah, something weird happens somewhere, or it fucking kills you. Yeah, there's like a there's it's like kind of like Cube, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's like it's like you have a fifty percent chance of something just happening to someone else somewhere in the forest. Or, like, literally, your, like, your hand will get chopped off. There was, like, a 20% chance that something would happen somewhere else. There was a 20% chance that, like, your ear drums would blow out. There was a 60% chance that your head would be missing. Like, it would just fucking slice off your head. Just, just with, from shit. nothing. Yeah. Just weird shit. Weird. So, yeah, I do, like... I, I never actually phrased it that way, though, as, like, the stairs are, like, a, a doorway... From like a, like a portal to another dimension where yeah. these supernatural things are coming from. Yeah, yeah, they're just like the like the mist. I haven't watched that new the new TV adaptation of it yet, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna. Is that a, I don't watch TV. Is Stephen King's your favorite author. I don't watch movies. <laughs> we <laughs> talk about it. On, <laughs> yeah, I don't watch. There was don't this watch. one time. I, I think it was The Shining where you brought it up. Where I because like we go we used to go through this when he lived at my place just yeah. like. Have you seen this movie? No. no. Have you seen this movie? No. It's become a thing on, on yeah. these episodes. Yeah. So I asked him, have you seen The Shining? And he's like, dude, Stephen King is my favorite author. And then he's seen no other Stephen <laughs> no King movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just The Just Shining. Just Harry for the first time like You've three years ago. you The Mist. The, the newer? The movie. Yeah, the movie, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. See, so I, I, I love that movie and I thought the book was like, okay. So it was like, a great movie. Um, yeah, they're doing the show, but the way that they categorize, um, the project is like a doorway. Like, the mist had apparently came out of, like, a window that they opened up to the, uh, I always forget the name from Dark Tower, what the, the dark realm between worlds. I don't remember Dark Tower. fucking serious? I hate the Dark Tower series, dude, I'm sorry. But it connects all of his books. I know, but it's like... Stephen King's your favorite. It's like high (laughs) fantasy, and the one genre I cannot get into is, like, fantasy. Well, it's Stephen King fantasy. Yeah, but he, but Stephen King normally writes like slice of life horror or like yeah, science but fiction it's, or. But it's literally about someone bouncing in between Salem's Lot to dealing with a monster from it 
to a post-apocalyptic nightmare world. Yeah. It's like the stand. Like, literally, those three narratives happen. Yeah. Just saying you should feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad every day. But anyway, that, like, dark universe, it's gonna... F- it's such a dumb name, but that's that's pretty much what I have when Talking I said it's... gone. <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah. No, it's something else. <laughs> Basically, it's just another dimension where yeah. these evil supernatural things Exactly. From. Exactly. But Stephen King has one in his yeah. own universe. It's very cool. Um, I will let you read a search and rescue story, and I okay. think this, this will be... Is it PB? The, it, it definitely... I mean, it might be. Ooh. They seem to be different people. This is going to be the last story on today's episode. It's going to be a search and rescue log. We were telling ghost stories one night before bed just to scare each other and poke fun at whoever got creeped out. Most of the time it's the rookies, but one woman told a story that actually managed to get under my skin a little bit, and I know the same was true for others. She said it was true, but then again, every ghost story told around a campfire is true. Somehow, though, I don't think she was making it up. It had that ring of truth that only really traumatizing events have. She said that when she was a kid, she and her friend used to go out in the woods behind their house a lot. She lived in northern Maine, where there's a lot of dense, unpopulated national forest in Stephen King. She said the woods up there aren't like anything. <laughs> the woods up there aren't like they are here. They're so thick in places that the trees block out the sun almost completely. She and her friend grew up there, so they weren't scared of being out there alone. But they did always maintain a sense of caution in certain areas. She said it was never really talked about, but they always knew not to go more than a mile or two beyond their homes. The adults never said why, but it was an unspoken rule that no one ventured out that far. She and her friend made up stories about bears as big as houses that lived out there, and they used to scare each other by hiding and making growling noises while the others searched for them. She said one summer, there was a series of awful storms that blew down a lot of trees, and sent one part of the forest a few miles behind her house on fire. Fire crews got it under control, but she said some of them came back not quite the same. It was like they'd been to war. You could tell who'd really gotten scared because they had the same look on their faces. I think it's called shell shock. My friend and I said they were like walking dead people. They didn't smile or say anything, and if you went up to them, most of them left town as soon as everything was over. I asked my parents about it, but they said they didn't know what I was talking about. Once everyone was told the woods were safe again, my friend and I decided to try and hike out there to see where the fire had been. We didn't tell our parents where we were going, and it was pretty exciting to think that we were disobeying them like that. We hiked out about two miles or so, and we started seeing burnt trees and stuff. I remember my friend got really upset because we found the skeleton of a deer curled up under a tree, and I practically had to drag her away. She wanted to bury it, but I didn't want her touching it because its antlers were weird. I can't remember why, I just remember thinking that there was something wrong with them, and I didn't want either of us going near it. The farther we went, the more burnt everything got. Eventually, there were no standing trees. It was like being on another planet. Almost nothing green, just brown and black everywhere. We were standing there looking at it all, and we both heard someone shouting in the distance. I panicked, because I thought it was my dad, and that he was going to tell me I was grounded. Hey! Hey! You guys! You can't be out there. My friend broke off and went to hide behind a big rock because she said she didn't want to be caught out here. Her parents had forbidden her to come out in the woods at all, and she lied and told them we were going to a movie. I followed her, and we kept listening. I could hear this voice getting closer, and I realized they were calling for help. 
I thought maybe it was some hiker who got lost and needed directions back to town. That used to happen all the time, so I was used to helping people out. I heard him following my voice, so I kept calling out until I saw him running in the distance. He got closer and I could see that his face was all red. I told my friend to give me her pack because she had a first aid kit. She made this noise like she was grossed out and she asked if I saw his face. I told her to shut up and I jogged up to meet him. I stopped about halfway and when he stopped in front of me I could see that his nose and lips and part of his forehead were all gone. It was like they'd been sliced clean off. He was bleeding bad and I saw that the knees of his pants were red too. I took a step back, but I was too scared to move much, and he grabbed my shoulders. It felt like it got a shock, and he jerked back. He started babbling, and I couldn't tell what he was saying, except that he kept asking how long he'd been gone. He asked me where his unit was, but I just shook my head. He looked me over, and he saw my Walkman, and he screamed. He just kept babbling and touching his face, and I realized he wasn't wearing the right clothing. He had some kind of weird gray cloth jacket and almost formal pants on. The jacket had these weird buttons and red borders on it. I kept shaking my head and I told him I didn't understand what he was saying. I went to open the first aid kit, but he just screamed again and said the only thing I could really understand. Don't touch me, you'll make me go back there. And after that, he ran off, and I could hear him screaming the whole time. When I couldn't hear him anymore, I turned around and my friend was crying. I just turned around and started walking back toward town. She asked me over and over what had happened, who that was, but I didn't say anything. When we got home, I told her I didn't want to play in the woods with her anymore. We're still friends, but we don't talk about that guy. Not ever. <laughs> so there's a couple things. I was trying to be polite and not interrupt you. That's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, first thing. Describe them as the walking dead, and I immediately just wanted to be like, Cor! <laughs> Cor! No, he was a walking Cor! dead man. Not a walking dead man. No, I got <laughs> Uh, the second, Almost got me. The second thing was, uh, when she lied and said they were going to see a movie, uh, what, what movie do you think it was? I don't know. Well, she had a Walkman, so maybe like 16 Candles. <laughs> that's actually that's, 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 that's that's pretty good. Independence Day? Yeah. See, I was going to say The Forest. <laughs> yes, that's too new. I wasn't At that point, I hadn't figured out the Walkman time point. Uh, and then the Civil War dude who was on fire yeah. came running up, mm-hmm. and I immediately just wanted to be like, "What year is it?" <laughs> just like out of nowhere. Um, but that that totally was like a, a an injured man of uh, well, he was southern southern frustration. I'm thinking I'm thinking if it was if it was Red Border Coat, then he was even farther back. He was probably Revolutionary War. Oh he shit! Was, he was British Revolutionary War. Gray suit with a red border. Yeah. Yeah, could have been. Just some old... Well, no, if it's gray suit. No, you're right. If it's gray suit, then it's better. silver. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's immediately what I thought, but yeah. I don't remember... I just remember blue and gold border, not red. Um, but yeah, so then I thought, like, what year is it? And then, as he said, he ran off into the woods screaming. All <laughs> I I kept laughing, because in my head, all I heard was, Ah! Oh! <laughs> 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 I got went on the limb for like 21 more years. <laughs> just running and running. a great shot of face. Uh, yeah, I had to run away to make that sound funny. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 
<laughs> that was that was indirectly one of the funniest searching <laughs> essays we've ever read. But I'm glad that we read it. Um, any any other thoughts? Those were my spare thoughts from that story. I don't know. I thought the girl sounded like a bitch, but other than that, it was fine. Yeah. When she got back, she was so freaked out. She was like, "I don't want to play. With I don't want to hang out with you." I blame you for the scary stuff I saw that I can't process. <laughs> Get away from me. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Strawberry shortcake? Ooh, piece of candy. Oh. Did you just eat that? <laughs> you just find candy and eat Ooh, it. piece of candy. It's <laughs> in my candy drawer. <laughs> if I just happened to find a piece of candy in my house, I'd probably throw it away. <laughs> Ooh, I found candy. Well, oh, how old is it? That's probably... Probably not fresh. Oh, you know what I had on Sunday? It was, uh, it was candy from, that you it found. Was from Friday. No, I had those okay. candy cakes that were in the gift bags for the hotel. Were we telling gift bags? Yeah, we had we had custom wedding gift bags. For anyone who stayed at the hotel, you didn't stay at the hotel. You wanted to stay at the fucking hotel? I lived like 20 minutes. broke as shit. Fucking cheap ass bitch. God damn. That, and it also sounded like he was probably like, his house is like two miles away from what you just described. Um. So that was lots of pasta. Okay. Any finishing thoughts? This is what I'm asking. When I, if I really need to finish, I try to think of a, a goal of like um, very super large breasts. Yeah. Those are your finishing thoughts? Yeah, usually. Um, or guys. <sighs> I didn't even know what to say in that context. I really didn't. There are just some things I don't want to say on this podcast, and that's probably one of them. Like finishing thoughts like uh, it's, it's, you, I'll be successful one day <laughs> that usually gets me to come pretty quick <laughs> one day I won't be a loser uh, no uh, what about you what are your finishing thoughts what are your finishing thoughts I don't know I, I usually finish prematurely so I don't have time to think his finishing thought is, oh no. I'm sorry. This doesn't happen a lot. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I actually thought, like, what your finishing thought would have been, like, can't wait to put you in my basement. Yeah. Is that accurate? You'll fit in with the rest of them. Can't wait for you to raise me several spawns. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave that open-ended. We won't explain that at all. That's good. <laughs> it's That's for the best. We don't... Um, and we also don't use real names, right? No. Oh, thank God. And anonymity. Yeah, then there's strawberry a lot of ways. Unless on your birth certificate it says strawberry last name shortcake. It might. No, I don't think so. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I don't think it does. <laughs> okay, uh, so this was, this was lots of pasta. I hope everyone had a... Fun time listening. We sure had a fun time here. Uh, anything you guys want to say? Uh, can I finish with a joke that I feel is sort of fitting? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I was walking out into the woods with this little boy. And he I, says... I okay. And he says, wow, it's really scary. It's dark out here. And I said, you're scared, kid. I gotta walk back alone. That's it.
Generation. Hey.